Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on the wind. Here's Pastor Geshom with today's message. We know God as Father. We also know God as the Son, Jesus. But there was a third person who was with them from the beginning. He was present and active with the Father at creation. He inspired his chosen ones and walked them through the good times and the bad. He was the one who gave skill to the skillful, strength to the mighty, courage to the warrior, wisdom to the wise, and influence to the influential. He was also the one who held up the tottering, empowered the weary, remembered the forgotten, conceived the inconceivable, inspired the uninspired, and equipped the unequipped in order for them to live powerfully and purposefully. The day of Pentecost made this same spirit available to all who call on the name of the Lord, not just select individuals, but to everyone who made Jesus the Lord of their life. This ushered in a glorious new age where the Church of Jesus was birthed and the Holy Spirit anointed all His people in order to live lives pleasing to God. Time moved on. History was made, not just in the bright times, but even through the dark times of humanity. He continued to spark hope, create beauty, and empower His people to advance His purpose. He still does this and more. He is still here. Today we celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit and the awesome power which He brings to every believer who invites Him in. He speaks on our behalf to the Father. He intercedes for us when we don't have the words. He consoles us in our grief and helps us in everything we say and do. He is our greatest asset in this Christian life. Without Him, we would live defeated and depleted. Without Him, the Bible would be just another book. The words would be devoid of power. Without Him, making God-honoring choices would be impossible. Without Him, our lives would be mundane cycles devoid of joy and peace. Are you in need of counsel that could change the trajectory of your life? In need of comfort when troubles overtake you and pull you under? In need of fresh inspiration? In need of a nudge in the right direction on this quest called life? In need of that extra surge of power when you feel like you're running on empty? You need the Holy Spirit all day, every day. You can never have too much of Him. He is the source of everything you will ever need to live life during these turbulent times. Let His fire fill you, consume you, and catapult you into your calling here on earth. Church, it's a joy and a privilege to meet with you again as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday today. The importance of the Holy Spirit is more than ever before. We've just completed two series, The Only Jesus and Unafraid. And the connecting factor between all of this is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to look at Jesus and see the finished work at the cross. Without the Holy Spirit, 
we won't be able to take those bold steps unafraid so that we can accomplish all that he has planned. Reading from Acts 1, 1 to 5. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. As Jesus rose from the dead and as he appeared to his disciples, the one thing he kept reminding them was he is sending his comforter. Jesus' plan was not to be on earth fully, but was to go back to the Father and to send the Holy Spirit to be with us. And it's important that the Old Testament reflects a lot of the Holy Spirit in individual people. Whereas in the New Testament, Jesus wanted everyone who followed him to have the Holy Spirit. Looking back, we can see uh, in key uh, instances where different people of God who obeyed God, who listened to him, had an outworking of the Holy Spirit happen in their lives. And it showed up in different ways. We're just going to go look into a few examples of that. The first person I would like to emphasize is Joseph. Joseph had these dreams, but these dreams ended up uh, actually consuming him so much that he uh, he ended up being uh, sold as a slave. He ended up being a slave in Egypt. And God miraculously lifted him up to be second in command after Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says this interesting thing when uh, Joseph actually interprets his dream in Genesis chapter 41, verses 37 to 40. He goes on to say, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. The spirit of God was working in and through Joseph and it helped him interpret the dreams. And Joseph was clear even when he was saying that it is only God who would allow me to interpret dreams. The second instance we see is, uh, when Moses has led his people and they have to build the temple of God. In Genesis 31 verses 1 to 5, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of craft. We see here when Moses was building a temple for God, God anointed one of the artisans there with the Spirit of God. And when he anoints, the craft that came out of that was amazing. It says at the end of it, there was none who actually had the craft and the gift that Bezalel had. Today, the Holy Spirit just not works in interpreting dreams or in just in creativity on an artisan, but he also does even powerful things. I would like to reflect again, the third instance would be in the life of Samson, where he actually is set to deliver his people from the Philistines. And when the spirit of God came upon him, he had supernatural strength to overcome his enemies. In Judges 14 verse 6, it says, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat but he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. 
It started with tearing a lion apart and then it moved on to actually killing thousands with just the jawbone of a donkey. In Judges 15 verses 13 to 15, it says, Agreed, they answered. We'll only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting, The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arms became the charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. So from a dreamer to an artisan to a strong man who could kill thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey, the Spirit of God was seen in the Old Testament. The fourth instance I would like to say is, so we see here where outwardly people exhibited certain things because the Spirit of God was within him. And here I want to reflect back to what the Spirit of God does internally for us. Dave was a man after God's own heart. And even as he followed God's own heart, you can see he's written so many psalm after psalm. And it shows that he loved God. And the Spirit of God was within him because that same Spirit that was within him enabled him and inspired him to write so many things about God and to magnify him and glorify him. But when David committed this one sin of taking another man's wife and having him killed so that he could have his wife legally, the Spirit of God was not within him. And when Nathan comes down to him and tells him, the prophet Nathan comes and says, David, what you've done displeases God. The one thing that he asks God the one thing that he asks is, do not take the Holy Spirit away from me. He doesn't ask God, don't take away the kingdom. God, I'm sorry, don't take away my people. It's not the army. It's not any materialistic thing. But the only thing that he asks is, do not take the Holy Spirit from me. In Psalm chapter 51, verses 10 to 11, it goes on to say, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from the presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So today, this Holy Spirit, which Jesus was talking about to his disciples, was something just not for a select few, like how it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, those who followed God, those who actually cherished God, and those who loved God wholeheartedly experienced the Spirit one way or the other. In the New Testament, Jesus was, I want to leave the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the person who can be with you when I'm not here who will enable you to do things greater and bigger than what I've already done on this earth. He wanted to leave him with us. Are we willing to receive him? Are we willing to give him room in our hearts, in our lives? Even as David said, do not take thy spirit away from me. Can we ask so that he can work inwardly? And then so that through whatever way in which the Holy Spirit directs us, we'll be able to do what he asks us to do in this world outside. Two things which I would like to reflect on, even as we go on about this entire series on the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit is essential. The Holy Spirit is essential today more than ever before. And I've taken the word essential because over the last three months with this whole COVID pandemic, the word essential has been highlighted everywhere in every news clipping and everything. You get to hear this word essential, essential things versus non-essential things. You want to order something on online, you get to see that you can only order essential stuff and non-essential stuff you can't order. So today, how essential is the Holy Spirit in our lives? Is he really a non-essential commodity that we just, you know, are waiting when and when trouble comes that we'll ask him or is he an essential commodity for us? 
we cannot live without the Holy Spirit. Especially after, for those of us who've tasted and seen, we need more of Him. Uh, the capacity for Him has, in us has to increase. For those of you who don't know who the Holy Spirit is, there's no better opportunity for you to invite Him today. I would like to read from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, continuing from where we left off, where Jesus said, I will uh, send the Holy Spirit to be with you. Luke's writing in the book of Acts is extensively on the works of the Holy Spirit, of what he did, of how he did it. And so today we're going to read from Acts 1, verses 6 to 10. It goes on to say like this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In fact, verse 8 is probably the most quoted verse when it comes to the Great Commission, or what we are called to do as disciples of Jesus. Even as we see here, the disciples in verse 6 were asking him, God, I think they were excited. They saw a risen Savior. They saw Jesus coming time and again, as the gospel says, that he time and again appeared to his disciples to reconfirm that he was alive, to show that he was alive. So they thought, okay, wow, God is supernatural. God controls the heaven and the earth. Everything is under God's control. So God can set us free. All their futile minds could think was, they'll be set free from the captivity that they were in. But Jesus here in just another verse goes on to say, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, your agenda is different. It's not about you being set free from the captivity of the land that you're in and being, being set free from the Romans, but you're going to be set free from sin. And in turn, when you're set free from sin, what you're going to do is you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. And that's going to continue on. When we make the Holy Spirit essential in our life, he makes the plans clear. He makes our purposes clear. He brings clarity to the roadmap that's ahead of us. Today, a lot of us are confused because we kind of like give what God's asking us to do a second-hand treatment. We don't actually treat it as this is my primary thing. The more we lean into what God's asking us to do and give the Holy Spirit that importance and treat it important of what God's actually asking us to do, we will see purpose we will see him work in and through us. So today, if you're a teacher and if you are actually leaning on to the Holy Spirit, you will go more than above beyond to actually minister to the kids' needs of what they actually are going through personally. You could be a lawyer or you could be a businessman. When you make the Holy Spirit essential, he'll navigate and show you how you can fulfill God's plan and purpose through the work of your hand. Today, whatever we do with the work of our hands, everything is sacred. There's no divide that it says sacred or secular. And so if everything is sacred, the one key ingredient that's, that we need at all times is the Holy Spirit. Even as Jesus gave this command to them to stay in Jerusalem till they received the Holy Spirit, it's a confirmation of what he actually spoke from John chapter 16 verses 7 and 8 and then move on to read verse 13. Verses 7, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verses 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on 
his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Today, our reliance on the Holy Spirit is because we don't know everything. Our reliance on the Holy Spirit is because we need that constant comforter. Our reliance on the Holy Spirit is because we need to make godly choices. Our reliance on the Holy Spirit is because without Him, we will be doing our own thing. We won't do what God wants us to do. So can we actually allow the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and be essential? And today, the reason why Jesus wanted him to be with us was so that he would direct us into every step of the way. The sooner we give complete control to the Holy Spirit, the sooner he can actually direct us in the right path. This happens every time when you have to pray. It's he who actually drops the thought of someone who's hurting for you to actually intercede. That's why it says he's an advocate. He actually, in fact, even also brings in concerns that are really uh, on his heart to actually makes it a burden in our hearts and we kind of like move towards that and start doing something in that area. It also comes down to when we read the Bible, he speaks to us through the words. It can be that same passage, we, let's say we just read over last year and I'm reading it again. He'll bring a fresh revelation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It depends on whether we are allowing our eyes to see what he wants us to see, our ears tuned enough so that we can listen to what he wants us to hear. And if we can change our heart so that he'll be that person who can guide us, he will take us to spaces so that at the end of it, we'll be his witnesses, not just in our own four walls, but that will start expanding further and further. When we make him the essential person in our hearts and in our lives, the first thing he does is he brings about conviction. Conviction in every area, big or small. When you want to make that business deal, he'll bring about a conviction. Is this something that you really need to step into? If it's sickness, he'll convict you to say, hey, you don't have to believe that. I am God. Oftentimes, it's not the easiest. But us relying on the Holy Spirit matters at these times. Reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, Paul goes on to write to the Corinthian church saying this. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. When the Holy Spirit convicts, he brings about revelation. And so as Paul says here, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and to change us, the more revelation we'll get of who God is and why he's causing us to change. And in that change that happens because of the conviction, it also establishes us as his children. You'll soon realize in this world, our conviction is what has to stay strong. Tides will come. So many, our moral values will be tested. Our financial value systems will be tested. Everything will be tested in this. Our relationships will be tested. But when we have our convictions rooted in God, we will see that nothing can shake us. Because we'll have a fresh revelation of what the end is. We'll have a fresh perspective of what God is to us because of these convictions. And Jesus, when he actually addressed the Holy Spirit saying, go and wait for me in Jerusalem and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. The revelation that they received after that was to go and be witnesses for him. Not that the kingdom will be overthrown and that they'll be set free. No. So when our convictions are changed, we get a fresh revelation of who God is. 
and why he's actually calling us to do what he wants us to do. And so can we make room and make the Holy Spirit an essential commodity in our life? Something that we cannot live without. He is a staple for us. The second thing is when we allow the Holy Spirit in, he empowers us. Reading from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 8, it goes on to say, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were about devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. I love when they received the Holy Spirit, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit happened that day in their upper room. The 120 odd who were gathered there started doing what they were not qualified to do. They were either qualified tax collectors, fishermen, people who were afraid, people who were scared because they were Christ followers, they were timid. They were all gathered up together and just probably just so in awe of Jesus and just waiting there patiently, yet they were scared. And when he came and fell like fresh fire on them there, that mighty wind that we heard, which was said in the Bible, it changed them from head to toe. It changed everything. It gave them a fresh perspective completely. Reading again from Acts 2, verse 2 to 4 in the Passion, and it says this beautifully. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they have never learned. The word empower means to give someone or anyone the authority or the power to do something. Today, if I have to ask you how many of you feel empowered to do something, you would say, you know what, I didn't have a leader like that who empowered me or I didn't have, my parents didn't actually empower me or Today, it's all about us having to empower our own selves and pursue and go ahead and do something. But can we ask the Holy Spirit to empower us? When the Holy Spirit empowers us, He does what we really can't think. I'm, uh, I'm amazed at the way the Holy Spirit works. Uh, I've, uh, for the longest time in church, I was serving as a musician. And um, one of the things that I got to do as a musician was towards the end of a sermon, uh, as the altar call has been done or as they move to a time of ministry, I'll go on to play. And every time I get on to play, there'll be this inner voice that kind of like says, which I know as the Holy Spirit will say, hey, play this song, play this song. And I, I, I used to take it lightly till a point when actually I took it so serious enough to actually go and play that song. And at the end, people would come up and say, thank you so much for playing that song. It really ministered. I'm reminded of this one instance where this couple came to me and told me after the service got over of what they had been battling with. This entire week had been tough for them and they just felt if the worship team could actually sing this one song, it would really encourage them. 
they were seated there the worship got over the sermon was getting over and as we went into ministry time as i came up and as i started playing that song which the holy spirit just dropped in just a few seconds before i started playing the team started singing and it went into an amazing time of ministry they came back so refreshed saying we were actually just waiting for this one song to minister to us so today what is it the holy spirit is empowering you to do he's going to empower you in small ways probably he drops in this one person's name in your spirit and all you have to do is just take that phone and text them saying how are you okay or how are you doing or you might have to just get on your knees and intercede he might empower you to do sometimes bigger things because some when we have injustice happening probably he wants you to be in the forefront giving your voice or giving clarity into that situation or you might be just a coder who's probably stuck or probably an app developer who's like really stuck for that innovative idea are you willing to be empowered by the holy spirit because he can give you that fresh thought a fresh perspective today if anyone is doing something great for god big or small it's because they have allowed the holy spirit to be an integral part of them to actually work in them and in that process of working in them outwardly he seen through many today the anointing that happened in the day of pentecost in that upper room was just not something that happened within that space of that room no it actually happened within the space of their hearts and what happened within that space of their hearts empowered them to actually stand up that day and speak peter it says in the bible stood up and spoke this is a guy who actually denied jesus peter was so scared that he went back to fishing he went back to what was comfortable and convenient but when the holy spirit came on him he stood up with boldness you're probably wondering okay i so many times struggle to talk to people or tell people about the holy spirit or talk to people about jesus ask the holy spirit it says in john 14 verse 26 but when the father sends the spirit of holiness the one like me who sets you free he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you to remember every word that i have told you it's the holy spirit who brings to remembrance when we actually are talking about god when we are talking about jesus i've noticed so many at times when i'm actually uh, trying to have a conversation with someone it's the holy spirit who inspires me to use certain instances or certain scriptures to actually talk to them to minister to them when we allow the holy spirit to empower us he will actually empower us so that we'll bring all glory and honor to him reading from acts chapter 2 verses 14 to 15 then peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd listen carefully all you fellow jews and residents of jerusalem make no mistake about this these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming 9 o'clock in the morning is much too early for that the spirit empowered peter to actually stand up and say hey we are not here drunk making noise but we are here filled with the holy spirit testifying in different languages so that all the language people group that are gathered that day for the day of pentecost could hear the true and living savior is jesus he doesn't empower you based on your qualification doesn't empower you based on your race doesn't empower you based on what color of your skin is doesn't empower you based on what income group you actually fit into he empowers you because you asked him to empower you he works in and through you that boldness that he gives will only bring glory to his name 
anything that happens because of the Holy Spirit empowering us is so that he will be glorified. It's not for our glory. When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, he gives us the courage to actually speak the truth. Reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, people of Israel, Peter goes on to say, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him as you well know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in its grip. Reading verse 36, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Just imagine this. They crucified Jesus a few weeks back. They nailed him to the cross. They took him uh, they paraded him down those streets. But here he is standing there and shouting it out and saying, you are the ones who crucified, but Jesus is risen. He is the Messiah. The Nazarene is the Messiah. So today, are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life so that he will give us courage? Some of you are probably looking at life right now and are struggling to take that next step because you don't have that courage. Let the Holy Spirit come in and give you that courage. Whatever you're going through, it could be a heartache. It could be something that you're struggling to really uh, deal with in life. Ask the Holy Spirit. The minute he comes in, when he resides in you, he gives you the courage. Not just for one day, but lifelong. As long as you allow that space in your heart, he'll give you that courage. And today, the Holy Spirit is willing to come into each and every one of us. Today, it didn't just happen in Jerusalem in that room. It can happen in our very own living room. Are we willing to receive the Holy Spirit today into our lives? Because he's willing to come. He's, he's right there. He, he, he would love to live inside of us. He would love to share those mysteries, those deep secrets that God has for us. Are we willing? The Holy Spirit is essential. Full stop. There's no two ways about it. You either allow him or you don't allow him. Luke chapter 11 verses 11 to 13 says this. Let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? Today, we have a loving father. I'm a parent today to three kids and I know how imperfect I am. I know 
uh, how I actually am loving, but I'm at the same time imperfect because I can't match up to all the right things that I have to do as a father. I strive. But right above me, there's this heavenly father who actually loves us and knows us inside out and he's willing to help us. So can we make the Holy Spirit essential in our lives? If our Heavenly Father knows so much, He knows the future, He holds the future in His hands, who better to ask for help than Him so that He can come into our hearts and reside in us? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us? As He empowered Peter that day, not just Peter, the 120 people. It says, it goes on to say, 3,000 people were added into the church. They didn't have systems in place. They didn't have, you know, a room or a venue. They didn't know how to handle it, but they had the Holy Spirit. Even as I conclude today, we are calling this entire series The Wind. The wind that came that day on the day of Pentecost. Because He is essential and He is willing to empower us. Are we willing to allow that wind to come into our spaces today? We're going to go into a time of ministry. And even as we spend some time, before that, I would like to give an opportunity for those of you who don't know Jesus. Jesus is God and Savior of all of our lives. He can be the God and Savior of your life if you don't know him. But can you take some time to actually ask him to come into our hearts? You might say, my heart is filled with so many other things. I've, I've indulged myself in so many things or I partake of so many other things that uh, are not right. I don't think Jesus will be welcome. Jesus is not scared. No issue is too big or small for Jesus to handle. He loves us just the way we are. And when we allow him into our heart, he will change us inside out. If you want to make Jesus the Lord and personal Savior of your life, can you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for creating me. I know I am a sinner. I know that you came down to earth. You suffered and you died on the cross because you love me. Today, I give my life to you. I open my heart and I accept you as Lord and Savior over my life. You are God and I pray that you will be God over my life. I believe in the forgiveness of sin. And I confess with my mouth that you are my Savior. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.